Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined once again by Edmund from our outreach team. Thanks for coming on, Edmund. Hey, thanks for having me. So I have you on this week because you recently wrote about how threat actors are backdooring their way into exploring these this new type of software that could be called proxyware or internet sharing applications. For any listeners or users who've never heard of this type of app or software before, what are they exactly? Sure. So uh, there are a myriad of platforms that have kind of emerged over the past couple of years, and they've they've gained significantly in popularity. The idea behind them is uh, they're advertised as a way for users to sell their unused internet bandwidth for a small amount of of money based on uh, you know them installing an application that the platform provider you know gives them, and then the platform provider effectively turns around and sells access to this network of internet computers around the world to other companies or individuals, and they market it as a way to circumvent geographic filtering. So if you want to watch you know a Netflix show from a different country, or if you want to test marketing uh, campaigns. They basically sell access to all of these computers so that entities can browse the internet using all of these computers that have installed this software as effectively proxies. And the the gist of the post that we have up on the site now, and I'll also be linking it in the show notes, is that attackers are taking advantage of these applications and the open bandwidth to, I mean, do a couple of bad things. One is that they're stealing people's bandwidth. Two is they're stealing money from people or you know, basically diverting funds away from the people who should be receiving it. And there's also an extra layer of malware campaigns that are going on here. So what exactly are we talking about in terms of the the threat to end users here? Yeah, so we, we've seen a few different ways that, um, you know, adversaries are trying to take advantage of the, the newfound popularity in these platforms. You know, one is uh, as these platforms have kind of gained in popularity and users are trying to, you know, go out and install this software, attackers are putting their malware into the, the software packages and they're saying, you know, here, install this internet sharing application or this proxyware program. When the user, you know, expects to receive the legitimate software, they're also getting malware covertly at the same time. The the other kind of flip side is adversaries who are installing the proxyware application on victims' computers without their knowledge altogether and using that sort of malware infection to directly generate revenue using the uh, the victim's bandwidth. So in the like former case, it's users that are knowingly trying to install the proxyware program because you know they heard about it, they heard they could make some money. So they're trying to install it and they're getting malware at the same time. The the latter is you know, where the adversary is covertly installing it and the victim may have never even heard of these applications before, but now they're running on their system, using up their bandwidth. And, you know, in the case of a lot of internet connections that may be metered or you, you can only have a certain amount per month, you know, th- this can lead directly to, you know, them having to deal with overage charges and uh, throttling and bandwidth limitations and things like that. And some of the applications in this case that the attackers are taking advantage of are not malware themselves, but they are, and as this is, we specifically call them these in the blog post, they're potentially unwanted applications. Should organizations be wary of employees downloading these programs on their work computers, for example, and if you're even just like a personal user on your, your regular home laptop or, or machine, what's the risk there of downloading these apps? Sure. So, yeah, so I I like to compare it uh, to what we saw with uh, cryptocurrency mining software, you know, a few years ago. 
So legitimate software can be used in legitimate scenarios, but it's also being co-opted for nefarious purposes as well. And for both individuals and organizations, the presence of the software itself creates a myriad of different risk scenarios. You know, one of the most common that we've seen reported is you know, that the, the use of this software has resulted in unintended consequences for the, uh, the, the, the organizations or the environments where it exists. When you think about it, you know, when you install the software, you're effectively becoming kind of like a proxy for random entities on the Internet. You really have no control over what they're using that connection for. So if various user decides to use your Internet connection for, you know, something that they shouldn't, you know, it looks like it's coming from your home network or it looks like it's coming from your corporate network uh, IP address and IP space. So it can result in, you know, uh, negative impacts to the reputation of your IP address. And in a lot of cases, you know, there may be some automated block listing mechanisms that prevent you from accessing stuff that you should be able to access uh, because they've seen abusive traffic originating from your system. And what do these types of attacks tell us about the threat landscape and the user base as a whole? Because for me, when I first heard about this and we were discussing it as a team, my biggest takeaway is that some people like seriously don't care about sacrificing their security or privacy in the name of making like literally a few dollars or sometimes even just cents. Yeah, you, you know, I, I mean, as as you know, folks who, who deal with, you know, malicious activity and the threat landscape and malware and different attacks, it's, it's really obvious when we hear this sort of a concept like, wow, there are a lot of things that could go bad or there's a lot of risk associated with this. You know, I think the way that the these services are, are typically marketed, the way that users hear about them, there's not a whole lot of explanation as to how they work. So for a lot of, you know, people who may find this sort of uh, business model attractive, oh, I can install this software, just let it run, and they'll pay me once a month for network bandwidth. They don't necessarily understand all the implications. You know, I, I, I don't expect a lot of users will have the ability to perform like a comprehensive risk assessment, if you will. So, you know, I think in a lot of cases, there's just, there's not a good understanding of the technical foundation or how these systems work. Uh, so I, I just think a lot of users, you know, may not fully understand the implications. And that's one of the things we really tried to bring to light in the blog is, you know, this is how this apl these applications work. Here are all the different risk scenarios that, that you know, are, are really obvious to us, but may not necessarily be, you know, super obvious to people who don't do this every day. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Edmund, and explaining this to us. And I encourage everyone to go on the Talos blog and uh, read more about this. Thanks again for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Stay safe out there. Thank you.